0: Daniel and welcome to Book 101. Book 101 is all about the books that I read for the last forty years, and today I have my special guest. He's the author of several books, and of course, award-winning author to no other than Mr. Joe Clifford.
1: Daniel thanks for having me
0: yes and welcome to book 101 Mr. Joe and can you please introduce yourself
1: Uh, my name is Joe Clifford I'm the author of 17 books I uh, most of them concern uh, an aspect of addiction I spent uh, a few years uh, in San Francisco in the 90s uh, battling uh, various substances and um, since, since returning to the land of the living I got, a, got some degrees, started writing books and this is what I do uh, pretty much full time along with teaching um, writing at my alma mater Florida International University and uh, attending conferences and traveling and
0: that sort of thing. Congratulations, Mr. Joe. Can you tell us about your journey of being homeless, uh, addict, and then to become an award-winning author?
1: Uh, well, the homeless part's an easy journey to undertake. You just have to kind of screw everything up and uh, start doing drugs and stop paying your bills and wait for them to throw you on the street. And um, you uh, stay there for a while. I, uh, I came from a small little farming town, Might as well have been a very small suburban town in Connecticut, and I came out to uh, San Francisco in the early 90s uh, with the hopes of being a rock and roll star uh, and quickly uh, succumbed to every uh, rock and roll cliche uh, you can find in in 90s movies. I uh, got addicted, Uh, I couldn't stop, and lost my wife, my job, my house, uh, apartment. And uh, began living on the streets for uh, for most of the '90s. That's how I did it. And then uh, around 2000, I decided it was uh, you know time to clean up, or more accurately, the state of California decided it was time to send me to prison. So I decided to clean up and uh, I went back to school. And it turned out that I um, had some stories to tell. So I began uh, writing the stories, and and um, it's it's taken off from there.
0: Yes, and, uh, and, and, and thank you for sharing all those books, Mr. Joe. So, what is the turning point to your life that it's time for you to clean up?
1: Well, if we want to make me sound heroic, it's uh, when my, uh, my mom was diagnosed with scleroderma and cancer and given a very short amount of time to live, and I wanted to, uh, didn't want her to see her older son go out like that. The more selfish, realistic reason was because I uh, was looking at um, I was looking at some uh, serious uh, uh, jail time for, for for check check fraud. I've been writing checks to myself. Um, we had uh, this gang of um, addict losers. We've been writing checks to ourselves and uh, cashing them at, at various banks, and uh, we've been caught. Uh, me and a girlfriend, and it looked like I was going to. Uh, To prison for a while, and I was—I was not a very big guy back then, and uh, prison scares scared the hell out of me. It scared me then; it scares me now. And uh, I decided enough was enough, so we began the the long, arduous journey of trying to uh, get—you know—get me back to, um, you know, the land of the living.
0: What age did you realize that you are good in writing?
1: Well, I mean, it beat what I was doing. I've I got I guys, you warning. I've got a house full of people, and I've got uh, I've got barking dogs and people running around, and so you may have to edit some of this out. This is this is live. Uh, sorry to the listeners because uh, it's kind of a zoo around here in the morning. Um,
0: so, who are your who are the people supported you in your writing?
1: Uh, you know, Florida International University was instrumental. Uh, Studying under Lynn Barrett and James W. Hall and, and Les Stanford. Uh, FIU is where Dennis Lehane went, got his degree. So they had a cachet there, and um, and uh, you know, of course, you're following Dennis Lehane, so you you know, you can be guaranteed you're not going to be the most successful author. Uh, you know, the guy's pretty amazing, but th- that school really helped hone my craft and shape what I what I do. Um, it's one of the few MFA programs that encourages genre. Uh, most of them don't even allow you to do it. And at, at Florida International, they were pretty clear, like, if you want to make money in this industry, you got to have a, you know, a niche and uh, and, and, and mystery and thriller writers um, have mystery and thriller readers. And you're guaranteed a certain level of, you know, you, you know, the floor is, is raises up. And that's imperative because, you know, books... You've seen the stats on, on, on who reads after high school, and it, it's dismal. It's, it's you know one in four read a book. Um, so you, you you know you're not you're not fighting for a very large share of the pie, and and there you've got uh, how many people fighting for that little sliver? Uh, there's quite a few writers, and and it seems like there's more writers sometimes than there are readers, which is which is strange. Um, but uh, yeah, Florida International just showed me that writing it could be commercial and still. Uh, carry some heft and quality and uh, you know, there's no, nothing wrong with making money. And um, yeah, without, without them, I don't think I have a career. Yes. Very
0: well said, Mr. Joe. So who are your favorite authors that you the most?
1: My favorite authors are all mostly these days, mostly women uh, from Gillian Flynn to Mary Kubica, Wendy Walker, Jennifer Hillier, Emily Carpenter, shannon kirk uh carl black uh just um these are these are you know the, the writers Paula hawkins doing this domestic suspense which is what i tend to read now um i i, I started out more with the the tough guy la Marlowe and you know that whole subset and and gradually as i found myself becoming more suburban and um sort of <laughs> subdued mm-hmm. uh, i began to find a more um uh, just more weight, uh, gravitas, uh, personally, in, in domestic psychological suspense. So that's what I read mostly these days. Um, yeah, your you know your best your bestsellers, and uh, you know for you know I also want to kind of see what they're doing and do it <laughs> so that I can have one <laughs> of those books.
0: <laughs> yeah, so Mister Joe, if you describe their writing, what is it or what are they?
1: But w- women. Uh, have a, a level level of insight into uh, I don't want to say manipulation because that sounds terrible, but um, uh, just, they can do something with with psychological suspense and uh, you know the interpersonal relationships, close interpersonal relationships, uh, and take it to a, a level deeper uh, than I think male authors can. And living in suburbia, you know, where where everybody's kind of blinds are drawn and everybody's in lawns are neat there's so many stories uh, about what goes on behind closed doors and all of these authors uh, find a way to, to make the everyday, uh, you know, unique and and, and 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 universal at the same time. Uh, I'm not sure what it is, why it is, you know, you open some books and you just are immediately drawn to them and it was maybe about eight, nine years ago I began reading the works of Mary Kubica and, and, and Wendy and, and Jennifer and, and, and all, all those authors and uh, something really clicked. There was a, it's, they spoke to me in a way that books had it in a long, long time. So yeah, I think it's the interpersonal relationships and just how sneaky people can be with each other. Uh, find a way to do it that's very clever and um, you don't see the end coming. And when the end gets there, you're, you're both surprised and realize it was inevitable all along, so.
0: Very well said, Mister Joe. So, what are your short-term and long-term goals in writing?
1: My short-term writing goals: uh, get more money, like some money, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> like some money. Yes. I want yes. bigger I want, uh, you know, bigger, bigger uh, advances. I want uh, options. I want, you know, I want more. You know, what's your what's your number? More, much maligned for reasons. Uh, Wall Street sequel. Money never sleeps. What's your number? More. I, uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, there's just like it is in life. You got, you got 1%, you know, you got your JK and your Steven and, you know, whoever else is up there, you know, the 1% making, you know, quite a bit and in, in rightly so. They're, I mean, the great writers. Um, and then you got the rest of us kind of, you know, struggling to get what's, what's left and I'm, I'm tired of struggling to get what's left. I want to be, you know, sitting at the big kid's table. And so I keep writing, I keep writing and you keep, you write, you got to write a book that's true to you and a book that speaks to who you are and says what you want it to say at the same time, acknowledging an audience and readership and that recognizing writing does not occur in a, occur in a vacuum. You can't just write for yourself. You are writing for an audience. It is, there is a, there is a reciprocal uh, component to this and, and do all those things. And, and at the same time, hope that you sort of, you know, can, you know, find the needle in a haystack or whatever analogy you want to use for, uh, you know, a one in a million shot. And, um, Yeah, you also have to enjoy the process, which I do. I enjoy the process, Uh, but for the amount of money, uh, time you put in, you know, some money back would be nice.
0: Yes, very said, Mister Joseph. How do you deal with writer's block?
1: I I don't think writer's block exists. Like like Manny Coon, I take the existence of uh, peaches on here. No, I um, I, I I think if you have a deadline and you and you recognize that you have to have a project done and do and ready and you don't have the luxury of writer's block i mean if you're if you're sitting around waiting for some kind of magical lightning bolt to strike you uh, it, it'll happen maybe uh but chances are it's just like anything else i mean people who go to a you know dental assistant's job they don't you know aren't waiting to be inspired you know, they, they, they get up and they get in their car and they drive to their office. And, 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 you know, it's the same thing with writing. You sit down, you open your file and, you you know, you try not to not get distracted by the, the mind numb of the internet and uh, you get to work. And one word begets another and you keep writing. And the more you write, the the, the more the process gets, you know, associated with other things. You know, the, the way the human mind works, you know, you make your coffee. You know, it's a lot like when you were, I was smoking, you know, you, you, you have a cigarette when you get in the car, you have a cigarette when you, you know, have a coffee after a meal you know all these things become associated with something else so you know you train yourself to, to write you know but you know positive habits and um once your body kind of gets into this this cyclical uh, you know this, uh, this rhythm you have and you know, after 21 days anything's a habit so i've been doing this writing for you know this kind of writing for you know last dozen years it's it's it's, it's second nature now i just i know that every january and every august i'm gonna have a book that's gonna start and Six months later, I'll have a book that's done. And um, so I get two books a year.
0: Indeed, Mr. Joseph, how do you feel your personal experiences have shaped your writing?
1: I don't think you can get away with uh, with writing and not having your personal experiences uh, play a huge role. I mean, you're talking about your belief system and, and you know, from how you grew up to the, the the way you view the world, the way you view you know, God, the universe, and everything. Uh, you know, the number 42. If we're going to go full Doug Adams, um, and that's that's just who you are. When you write, that's your authorial footprint. That's your fingerprint. That's your that's just your stamp, and only you have that. That's you know the author's voice, and only you can tell your story. You know, you could take 12 different authors, you give them the same plot, and really, there only are two plots, right? Stranger comes to town, man goes on a journey. And you just tell it from a different point of view. Uh, So I, I, my stories could only be written by me, just the same as, is Mary Cooper's could only be written by her. And, 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 and Kate Howlands could only be written by her. And and Dennis Lehane's could only be written by him. That's just how the, how the, um, you know, it works and it's a beautiful thing. it's, it's a maddeningly uh, frustrating thing at times. Uh, you know, because sometimes you wish you weren't <laughs> spending so much time with you. Uh, it's the Jerry Seinfeld joke, right? I want to go on a vacation one time where I'm not. Uh, you know, as a writer, you spend a lot of time in your head. You spend a lot of time with you. Uh, and bre- familiarity uh, breeds contempt. And um, it also, you know, you get to know yourself better. You get to write better. So it's it's a fine line. And, uh, it's, uh, you know, there's a reason why most writers drink. <laughs> yes there's a bit of madness involved and uh you know and uh, you have to do it a while you know when you realize you know for the for the prize you're fighting over you know you you know all that stuff starts to creep in so uh it's just a wacky wonderful world yes indeed
0: mr joe so what's your daily writing routine like
1: I, uh, I write most every day. I'm not so rigid that I, uh, you know, I can't take a day off. Uh, I tend to, you know, I got some health stuff. So I tend to address that in the morning with, with the gym and, and whatnot. And, and uh, there's some days where I take off and I, I, I golf, which is uh, harder and harder as my back starts to sort of give out. But um, uh, then I write, you know, and I spend five, you know, four or five, six hours a day writing i um i always have a book that's that's coming out for publication i have a book that's in the middle of you know being polished up to get ready for publication i have a book that i'm proofreading i have a book that i'm starting so there's this constant um, uh, you know ebb and flow of, of, of works in various states of progress that i'm um, always working on so some days is you know devoted to editing some days it's drafting some days it's, it's it's revising but i'm also teaching in there i'm also you know working with other writers i'm also going off to the post office to mail advanced reader copies i've got uh, you know publicists that i have to appease and you know you get your newsletters and, and 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 trips and setting up readings and all that stuff so it's you know you don't you don't have a lot of a lot of downtime but it's a pretty, pretty flexible schedule which is great because i can't i can't really deal with rigidity even though i'm probably one of the most weird <laughs> <So. laughs> Definitely. <laughs> figure that out.
0: Definitely, Mr. Joe. So before we go, and I'll talk to the people listening in Florida. Thank you, Florida, for supporting this podcast. I will name ten places in Florida because I got so far I got 103 places in Florida. Thank you, Florida. In Lake Worth. I got 35% audience share, Hollywood 15%, uh, Baytown Beach at 15%, Fort Lauderdale at 13%, Sarasota at 7%, Miami at 4%, Haines City at 2%, Tampa at 1%, and Orlando at 1%. Thank you, Florida, for supporting this podcast because this podcast is created in Power Writers. All over the world, like Mr. Joe Leafwood. Mr. Joe, which one of your books are we gonna talk about today?
1: We talk about all who wander. Uh, yeah, you named all those all those cities where a place that lived in Florida. So uh, <laughs> Hollywood. I lived in Florida, Hollywood, Florida. That's that's where I went to grad school. Was was around there. But all who wanders, my uh, my latest book, and that's the one. That's, uh set in the snow and it's cold and depressing, which is an inside joke because all my books are snow and cold and depressing. Um, but yeah, this one, this one's based on a disappearance. Uh, and I tweak some, you know, tweak some particulars and make it uh, a story about a, you know, family with a, with a missing mom and, um, you know, I, I just got a review I saw the other day. It was like, man, this is an intricately woven story, but this is depressing. These are horrible people, and that's probably the greatest um, tagline for any book I can have because that's what all my books are. They're intricately woven, and they uh, feature horrible people who do horrible things, and uh, that's been my experience. Uh, most people in this world, everybody in this world is trying to do the best they can. It's just some people's results tend to suck.
0: You know. I love your cover, Mr. Joe. It's just like a blockbuster movie. Uh, yeah, like
1: Christian Storm. He's a he's he's a really great designer, and I worked with him with the Ocean View and with the Jay Porter stuff. So when we started, uh, you know, doing this with Square Tire. I I asked him to come along, and uh, he was sort of retired, and he came came out, and uh, I couldn't be happier. He's he's just a terrific, terrific individual, a great artist, and he really gets what I'm doing. So
0: yes, it's awesome. So, Mister Joe, all who wonder, how did you craft it? I.
1: Uh, you know, I like, I like to take true crime stories, and and this one is, uh, you know, no different. Uh, you uh, It was a story that really kind of disturbing me about a young woman who one day just, a, you know, got in her car, and they found her car in a, in, a, in a snow wreck, and they never found her. And then, you you know, it's how all stories begin, right? Like, what if? What next? You know, you imagine, you know, what if this happened to me, or what if this happened to somebody I knew, or, you know, you come to these, these end of the road, sort of, you know, forks in the road, and then you have to decide what happens next. And that's what, you know, as a writer and artist, you do, you sort of, you take your anxiety and your, you know, your fears and you let them run wild. Uh, and, and I, you know, start imagining the worst case scenarios. And then I started imagining the past for this woman and what she was running from. And then, you know, you, you add your side characters and, and, and how they would have impacted somebody who may or may not have chosen to start a new life and how that life could have been interrupted or maybe it you know actually you know the rarest of rare uh somebody got away with it um so yeah you, you take it you take a i take them take a specific event and and ask what if and and go from there and there's a, a voice in my head among the many voices in my head uh that you know encourage me to go down this road and down that road and and, and something will click and then all of a sudden you you see it and you feel it and you have the you, you know you know when you got it and you know when you don't got it and uh yeah it's it's a it's a, it's a strange strange process being a writer you I, I, every time i write a book I'm always like, i was like i don't know how I'm, i can't do that again and then every six months i'm doing it again so um i don't know either i'm lucky or damned you can decide. <laughs> you're lucky i think <laughs>
0: so mr joe what inspired you to write all who wonder
1: i'd like you know i've always been fascinated by siblings my 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 brother josh uh passed away six years ago uh, he was my, my best friend and uh he was troubled and we were both troubled in the same way and uh, the idea of siblings is you know I've, I've kids and that's different you know that's like a new it's like a new start sort of it's a Chance, you know, Obi Wan to Luke Skywalker, this mentor to protege thing uh, you're doing, but it's it's not, you know, not it's not really a relationship of equality. You know, siblings are sort of right on your, you know, the, the same radar, same frequency. You are, and if you come from a house without a lot of love, uh, which is which is how I kind of grew up, and a lot of people I knew grew up, you know, siblings fight for what little bit of love there is. So. You know we all we all need it we all want it uh, that love and maybe as, as kids we don't have the best relationships but then you get older you start to realize this shared bond you have the shared enemy you have and so this you know all who wanders takes a, a moment just a short six year span in, in this woman brooke's life where she meets a half brother she didn't know she had and uh it's actually i think they're, I think they're together in the same house for four years um and and how much that can impact, you know, the, the course of your life, and and you know things that happen, and things you say, and things you do when you're 14 or 16 or 19. I mean, I said and did some pretty horrible things in my youth. I mean, I did some pretty horrible things yesterday. But uh, you know, it, you carry these things these 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 scars, these you know these these you know I don't know if to call it a guilt trip or survivor's guilt. You carry these with you, and they shape everything you do. And that's fascinating to me that you could live an entire life and do some wonderful things, but there's some things you may have done when you were 14 that were so egregious and so offensive to God. I grew up, uh, uh, you know, I'm a reformed Catholic. Um, you know, that you're, you're kind of cursed uh, in a way. That some sins are too big. And then, you know, conversely, there's also the part of you that has to learn to let go and forgive yourself and move on and and heal. And, and you know, there, there, are, there are people who... I knew back in the in the in my 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 junkie days, who will never forgive me for things I've done, and nor should they. Uh, there are people who have forgiven me, uh, but that goes all the way back down to you know the childhood. I just you know it was kind of I wasn't a great kid, but I you know lived in a house with a you know kind of a, a violent father, and my brother and I dealt with that on a daily basis, and um, it shaped who he was, it shaped who I was. I mean, I can tell you all three my all three kids my father raised ended up being heroin addicts, which I don't think that's a coincidence. Um, and, uh, you know, the ones who were raised his kids who were raised outside of his care, uh, ended up being fine. So, um, I don't know. And that's not to blame the old man. He had his wonderful qualities too. I'm told. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So that's a story I, I'm, I was interested by and in and, and telling and, um, you know, on a personal level. And I, I tend to write, you know, quote unquote, unlikable characters, uh, I get that a lot. Like your characters are not likable, and if somebody doesn't like my books, it's often, well, I don't like these characters. And, and uh, you know, I mean, if you read a description of my books, and, and then you walk away from that backjack of summary thinking and he's going to be likable well, people, that's kind of on you. I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't help it. You can't read between lines when it's like his wife's filing for divorce, and his kids are leaving him, he's lost his job. Uh, you know, and you're thinking like, I don't know what you think, but some, you know, people want escapism and they want something happy. But if you want something happy and escapist. I don't know. Go read somebody else. Go read, uh, you know, the, the untalented Bronte sister, the one that wrote the, uh, the or, or what's her name, Jane Austen. Jane Austen, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't do that stuff. I don't, that's not what I do. I write, you know, I write about people who are having a hard time, um, because I think, you know, you, you get the greatest rewards from people that seem like you have no chance, and that's where this these, when you have so little hope. The smallest light that shines is like you know it's a supernova. I mean it's 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 all you got. It's it's guiding it's guiding you and calling you, and it's it's brighter because you have so little. And by, and I don't mean material things. I've always had a great deal of material. I don't want to say material wealth. It makes me sound like a douche, but um, I've had a great deal of. Uh, 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 I've been very fortunate in that department. My father was a very hardworking guy. We were small town, well off, and. um, you know, but, but mental anguish doesn't really, doesn't know. It doesn't matter what's in your bank. I've I've had, you know, the mental anguish when I was eating out of a dumpster and selling my blood for 10 bucks at the UFO study. And I've had mental anguish when I've had quite a bit of money. Um, You know, uh, it, it's just how some of us are wired and, and, and the people I've always been Fascinated by and drawn to are the ones who seem to have a little bit of a harder time with the day to day, just the ones who wake up and go, Yeah, I'm not sure I can make it through today. And that's the story I've always wanted to tell. You know, it's, it's the Bruce Springsteen sort of ethos of, you know, some men start dying little by little, you know, piece by piece, you know, that, that racing in the street line. And, uh, yeah, and, and, and I like that story. Those people who give up, who don't give up, even though they have a lot of reasons to give up, and the people who keep on living, even though they don't want to live. Um, I, you know, that line from the Johnny Cougar song hit me a few months ago, and it really, I finally got it. I've mean, heard Jack and Diane sucking on a chili dog how many times? Uh, but then, you know, oh yeah, life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone. And here we are, still living. And, uh, and you gotta do the best you can, but the thrill's not been there for a while for me, and then... A lot of people I know, the thrill has been gone. In fact, I look around, most of the people I see, they don't seem to be thrilled to be living. And there are some people, you know, if you're on social media, everyone's thrilled to be living. It's social media, but it's, you know, in the real world is, is you know, it's kind of going to get your groceries. It's going to the doctor's appointment. It's getting back the results of the test. It's, you know, getting your oil changed. It's, you know, day of weather that's not so great and doing stuff you don't want to do. And, and, you know, it's it's, it's been through these just... Uh, just commonalities that we all share and yet are unique to us that shape how this world goes. And and, and that's the story I want to tell and that's the story I'm always trying to tell. Um, you know, the broken heroes. To quote the, the great Bruce Springsteen once again.
0: Very well said, Mr. Joe. And according to Dave Wilde, all who wonder are not lost. What are the elements that you put in your novel that make your reader glued to it
1: well you know the people who read my books i tend i have a very devoted uh loyal if uh small fan base but i I do have uh, dedicated readers and you know i I think they could answer this question better uh but you know that my my characters tend to be wounded they tend to be uh you know kind of hanging on and not sure why they're hanging on um that you know, it's a you know. I often set my books in the cold. Uh, the next book that's coming out, "Moth of Flame," I decide to do a complete switch and set it in a wildfire. But you know, element uh, the, the setting plays a huge part. You know, where, where you feel like you're trapped. Um, this idea that we're trapped is, is always central to to my writing. Um, you know, we all want to break free, and, and you know, Bob Bob C. "Roll Me Away," you know, a like, great song. Get on your motorcycle and just drive. But, I've done that a few times, you know, turning around and coming home. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, all who wander aren't lost, except me. Uh, You know, some who wander are lost. Uh, Yeah, I mean, we're all doing the best we can on this crazy blue spinning orb. And um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that one's, uh, you know, the the hallmarks of my work tend to feature protagonists who maybe you don't want to, you know, have a beer with. Because they can't, because they've been sober for 13 years and going to AA. But um, I, I'm just drawn to the losers of the world, the the marginalized, the 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 sort of uh, voiceless. And then I've been telling that story and working with people from that uh, uh, you know state of being for a while now. That's just I don't I don't have much use for. The people who wake up and go, God, I saw a bird today and it was great. Like, oh, that's terrific. But like, we're not gonna have lunch together. Like, I, I don't know, I don't want to not turn to a complaint fest. But, you know, there's some things that aren't quite right with this place and aren't quite, I don't know how you describe it. But the, you know, there's a dark sense of humor, there's certainly a sense of humor in my books, certainly a uh, you know, and if you don't get that, then 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 you don't get me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, indeed. And according to Mr. Stephen Davis, this is a different side of Mr. Joe Clifford. So what is your other side that you portrayed on your latest novel? Uh,
1: I mean, you know, there's a little more, I, I guess there's a, you could look at this in a, in a sort of way as a happy ending. I mean, what I, what I wanted to look at was, I, you know, there's a writer from Canada, Chris Walter, and I sort of, he had a book called East Van. And I remember in the book, he does this great thing with character arcs where he sort of takes a guy who has everything and then, you know, turns it on his ear and, and, and then takes the other side. And, and I like that, you know, a bad guy becoming good and a good guy becoming bad. And, 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 and a guy or woman or somebody committing a sin, doing something that's not right, and having to pay back you know the gods the cosmos the universe and then somebody who did something who maybe one could argue was worse or one could argue wasn't as bad and had to pay a deeper price because they carry that internal shame with them um you know our our you know the past is always you know you know we understand that you know the, the the past includes the future right but the future really changes the past when you when you think about how our memory works and and the things we do. And, and, you know, once something happens, it sort of becomes filed and compartmentalized and and cataloged with our autobiographical story. And, and in a way like shifts our past. So we remember that differently. And it's, it's sort of this ongoing fluid nonstop river, uh, you know, as choppy and out of control as it can get, but, um, you know, it, it it never really stops There's a beginning, there's a middle, there's an end, it keeps going, you know, but, you know, look at it, maybe, maybe, uh, Maybe it's a river. Maybe it's more a bay, uh, like a, a water <laughs> current in a bay. Uh, uh, so yeah, it, you know the the other side of me. I'm not, you know, when people say there's another side of me, I, I guess you know it comes down to how they they read me. I mean, I think I've been telling a, a similar story, although I do, you know, the plots change and the characters change and, and the points of view and the setting and and uh, you know, you know what i tell the same, like, Nothing. Bugs me more than an author that tells the same story over and over and over and over again, and then just changes it. and You have 12 books in a series. I mean, I, that's why I don't want to do that. Uh, I probably would have more money though if I did. But um, I'm always trying to tell a different story, um, in a different, uh, you know, different point of view and vantage point. But, but yeah, you can still you can still edit it down and, and, and whittle it down to its, its essence, which is, you know, a person trying to find a place where they belong. Um, which I think is what we are all struggling to find a place of acceptance, a place where we belong, a place where we can love ourselves and feel wanted and, um, and not feel like we're not good enough. And I think at any moment of any given day, most of the people I know, the people that I'm friends with struggle with these things. Uh, and, uh, and those are the people I read about. So, yeah.
0: Very well said, Mr. Joe, but before we go on, I'm inviting you to listen to my other podcast, Food 101, our third season with Chef Alessandro, one of the best executive chefs in one of the best restaurants in downtown Toronto. And please do listen to our latest episode. We talk about Thanksgiving, people. Thanksgiving, please do listen to our latest episode. Episode plus one more. Our books are out, not only one, but seven volumes. People, Food 101, Volume One Basics is all you need. How to create a delicious food available on Amazon and leading online bookstores worldwide. And I just published Volume Eight, people. It's Food 101, Volume Eight, Chinese Cuisine. So please do check out Mr. Joe, all who wonder. How did you balance the villain and the protagonist of the novel?
1: Yeah, I mean that's it's a great question. I guess you, it depends on who's reading and and who they're rooting for because I think everybody in that book is both a hero and a villain uh, simultaneously. You know, at different junctures, um, n- not unlike life. I mean, I don't. I, there's there's some great writers and, and amazing writers and and. and you know, it comes to mind that Lee Child is, is the first one, Jack Reacher, and in that series. And, uh, you know, Jack Reacher's a good guy. He comes in, he fixes things. Um, and that's, I don't write those books. I mean, I don't write those books because I, I can't do what Lee Child does because he's better. But um, I also, you know, I, I you know, I, I prefer worlds or I see worlds of gray as, as less than less than black and white as much as I think in black and white. Uh you know, we're all sort of these amalgamations of, of good and bad and right and wrong and everyone's a hero in their own story, right? I mean there's there's nobody think about the politician you hate the most and uh and from their point of view they're the they're in the right. They're they're doing the right thing. And that's what makes life such a wonderful and wacky experience is we have everybody thinking they're right and everybody's doing different things and you know and like the Highlander they can be only one um uh, this year was Ryan Irish uh but yeah so we uh you know we 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 come at it like that and 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 that's how we look at the world and and that's how I see the world it's good bad and different ugly and you know evil beyond evil like my ex-wife
0: Amazing, uh, Mister uh, Joe. So, all who wonder, what do you think? It's good for a series or a motion picture?
1: Uh, yeah, that'd be nice. Will they give me some money? <laughs> <laughs> money, <laughs> money, money, people. I write all these things with the idea that they're going to be series or optioned, and, and and I think most writers do, and 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 you, you know, few of us get that opportunity. I um. I've had a little success in that, in that department, mostly because I was fortunate enough to meet Richard Brewer and Gary Phillips and get hooked on uh, the, uh, the culprits train there. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I could see it as, 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 anything, you know, anything if somebody wanted to develop. I mean, I, I, personally find it fascinating, but I spent you know, I spent months doing this and so i you know, people pick a book and they start reading and they're like, Oh yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that. Like there's there's not an author doesn't just gloss over a detail. I mean, I spend I can spend when I'm writing 10, 12 hours a day writing. Um, and these are intricately, you know, layered and 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 you know, it's it's how they're received is, is how they're received. You know, you, you can you can scream as much as you want, like, but I didn't mean that. if you didn't mean that, then write it better because people are picking it up that way. Uh, you know, it just doesn't all fall on readers. If you want to sell more books, write a better book. There's, there's that component too. Uh, you know, there's, you know, Andy Weir wrote the Martian, couldn't get anybody to publish it. And all of a sudden he published it on his own and had all the publishers crawling to him asking to, you know, publish him, which is every writer's dream. Uh, but you know, publishers want to make money. Editors want to make money. agents just to make money. There's nobody, there's no bad guys in this business so much as it is everyone's trying to make money and you're, you get a very limited resource. Um, which is the, the readership which is very low and uh and you got a lot of people vying for the attention so um you know if if, if somebody wants to option this into a film just let me know i'll, I'll happily sign over the rights for a fraction of you know pennies on the dollar and, and uh, yeah
0: <laughs> yes people support mr joe clifford because the book is something else All who wondered. Congratulations again, Mr. Joe. And can you please invite our listeners to buy your latest book? All who wonder.
1: Uh yeah, oh, you can find all my all all your Joe Clifford needs at www.joeclifford.com Uh and I'm very easy to find. Feel free to write me if you're confused by the ending. As I had somebody from Norway write me last week, they were confused by the ending. I don't understand how you're confused by the ending. It's pretty Clear, but uh, if you do get confused by the ending, or you're just from Norway, or you just want to talk to me, uh, you know, feel free to write, uh, buy the book. I think it's on sale for 99 cents now, uh, over at Amazon, which is pretty hysterical because people will buy a for eight dollars, but they won't uh, buy an ebook for more than seven, which is just very strange. <laughs> <laughs> yes, strange. But you can buy a latte and a 99 cent copy of, of All Who Wander. Uh, and then it's 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 other places. And uh, as my kids are screaming, "Dad!" because they want to they can't walk and get cereal for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Hold- say
0: say hi to your kids and shout out to the people listening in Norway. Please support Mister Joe Clifford. I have a lot of places in Norway listening to Book One Hundred One Review and my one hundred forty-four countries. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast because as i said this podcast is created to empower writers all over the world like mr joe clifford
1: well thanks for caring thanks for asking thanks for having me on it's uh it's nice uh, when people care about what you're doing so
0: and what is your message for your for those aspiring writers out there procrastinating
1: uh if if you can keep procrastinate and don't and not write my writing advice it's gonna sound like a joke but it's always the same don't don't do it find something else to do go get a job uh do anything besides write. but if if, if after that that passionate plea to dissuade you from being a writer you're still here and you're and you're like i gotta do it then just understand you're in this for the long haul that, that nobody really is going to care as much as you do you got to make him care and you got to work with people and ultimately you have to produce the words quality words quality words quality words and that begins by putting yourself in the chair and reading and reading and reading and studying and reading and treating writing with the respect it deserves it's a craft it's a profession you know it's, it's a field just like a mentor and an artist and a, and a, and a protege and an apprentice You have to learn craft and and you have to put in your 10,000 hours and you have to put in your 100,000 hours and you will never, never uh, achieve perfection and you'll always be chasing it. So you can have that lovely, uh, you know, dose of self-doubt with you most of the day.
0: Yes, people, if you have the passion to write, go for it. Stop procrastinating. Probably you, you are one of the best in the making. So, Mr. Joe, thank you for your time.
1: Thank you for uh, for yours, and uh, I look forward to doing this again today. come people. See
0: you soon.